Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, Deep Dive with Andy and the White Whale. Welcome to the Deep Dive. We are back with a live episode here. Well, relatively live. This is pre-recorded. It's live. It's not not a rerun. This is real. Oh, yeah, yeah, new, yeah, new, new evergreen content for your earballs. Brand spanking new. Uh, no, no, no repost, no reruns. Although I went back and listened to that one, and it fit pretty, fit pretty nicely with the overall arc we've been going on this off season. So there's a, a trip. There was, was a, a comment trip. that is oh, going really? to be the perfect segue. Oh, please fire away. I don't even know if I can find it this fast, but basically I'm going to paraphrase. There was a guy who didn't realize it was a rerun. Maybe he wasn't a listener last time last year. He maybe he just didn't read and he just subscribes and it pulls up for him. But uh, he, he's something about, he almost spit his coffee out or something. Oh, he almost drove off the road. He almost drove off the road. <laughs> Cause we were talking about Bitcoin being around 14,000. <laughs> which was the case when we did the interview with Rufus last season. I forgot that it had a local high that high. It, and, uh, uh, that was like June last year, right before July yep, 4th. Yep. It, um, was, uh, it was early summer. So, and that is, that's the theme today. We are going to, this is, this has been highly requested. And even, I even like, I don't know, Mandela effect or what, or just incepted myself. Like we've talked about doing this so many times and even probably written out some outlines for it that I thought we actually did it where I went back and looked through every episode trying to find the Bitcoin episode. And we didn't, I don't think we did it. I think maybe we talked to a couple people about it in passing as we had some guests that were maybe a little more experienced in the, uh, the world of Bitcoin betting and moving the moving around via crypto. We never did a fully, uh, a fully immersed episode and people have a lot of questions. And I think this is, you know, it's not going to be like full mailbag, but this is going to be pretty much answering, trying to answer the questions that you know you and I get every week about certain things using crypto in the sports betting space. So, and like like I said before, we did this. I pretty much learned everything I know from you. So I'm going to, <laughs> so you know I'm, yeah, I'm, ba- yeah, I'm basically going to interview you on this and let you uh, run with it. I'll just, I'll yeah. just, I'll, I, I will play the, the role of the, the noob, the rube okay. the public and uh, ask the questions because there was a lot of good questions. And I think people, you know, maybe are just a little hesitant. It's much like the modeling thing. Like I think, you know, once people actually start getting into modeling, they're like, oh, this isn't so intimidating. Like, I'm not an idiot. I can do this. This is this isn't tough. It's the same thing with first getting into the crypto scene or like, shit. I don't know anything about that. It's not real money. It's all, you know, Satoshi dice this and blockchain that. I don't understand what any of these things mean. So I think uh, <laughs> I think most people find it's it's a lot less tricky than it seems. And boy, it's it's really useful. It's, oh, made, yeah. it's made a lot of things easier and it continues to be easier where, I mean, just we'll get into this later, but there's more, I mean, more and more Bitcoin ATMs are popping up as far as getting your money out in different ways. So yeah, no, where would, where would you think, yeah. Where would you think a good starting point would be just basically, well, I got to know exactly the place to start. I think you do. Um, which is that we are not, we are not investment experts. This is not a financial <laughs> podcast. This is not financial advice in any way, shape, or form. And there are many, many, many resources out there who can provide a broader understanding of this topic, a broader understanding of cryptocurrency, who can provide you with, you know, reasonable sound, you know, investment advice. That is not at all the point of this podcast. Not even remotely the point. We are talking about Bitcoin entirely as utility entirely as a mechanism to unlock the potential of being able to get funds down across a wide range of books to get, um, you know, to be able to identify the best price, to be able to get into markets that are only available at certain places, to Mm -hmm. be able to, you know, manage your risk more appropriately across the betting space um, as, you know, by using Bitcoin as a utility. It literally is a game changer for betting offshore in the you know in the framework of you no longer have to use your credit card for a deposit you no longer have to play 
on a credit book with a local bookie and be in kind of a gray area from a legality standpoint. You no longer have to just, you know, wait until the end of the season to get a cash out and cross your fingers that a paper check makes it to you and that that check is accepted by your bank and that you don't get caught up in sort of the, you know, kind of a lot of the red tape surrounding, um, you know, getting money to and from Caribbean entities. Uh, It's dicey. You know, the way things were when we kind of got started doing this, it was, it was wild west, full on wild west. And at least with uh, Bitcoin as a utility to, uh, you know, as a means of moving, uh, you know, moving your bankroll around from account to account, uh, from, you know, for using it as a, as a mechanism to, uh, you know, settle debts or, you know, just in general, uh, you know, accumulate, uh, winnings is, is a very, very powerful tool. Yeah. And I think you said it right at the beginning, like this is going to be in no shape, no way, shape or form. Are we going to talk about where we think crypto pricing is going? The, you know, the underlying reasons why the markets do certain things like there are a trillion better resources for that. There's some great, if, if you guys are looking for some good Twitter follows on that, I mean, hit us up. I mean, I know, you know, a few, I know a few of like the big ones that uh, they tweet a lot of good information that I don't understand whatsoever because it's way too technical. But I mean, if you, if you do have any, any background in any sort of markets, if you know, if you've done a trading, some of the stuff will probably come a little more naturally to you. I don't. So I just kind of ignore it. And I use, like you said, I use Bitcoin as a utility. It is yeah. nice, especially in, you know, you remember the days of, um, I think, you know, anecdote, my first big payout was from sportsbook.ag, like way, 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 way back when it wasn't even called that. And I remember, you know, <laughs> I hit the big parlay. I've told the story before and it's like, all right, I'm getting my money. And I was thinking about like what I was going to do with it that next week. And it's like, this check will arrive in six to eight weeks. Like why, <laughs> why is that a thing? And now, you know, you're, you're transferring money from one book to another in a much shorter time period. So it is a nice utility in that sense. So I guess just the, the one question, I think the basic, basic question is, you know, if I want to deposit, I don't want to use my credit card. Let's say I've never used an offshore. I'm scared of the offshores. I'm scared of, you know, giving out too much information or something. It does offer more anonymity to, to that. You, you know, you still have to give them some information. They're not just going to open an account without your name and some info. But let's say I want to deposit and I want to use Bitcoin because I've heard horror stories about people using credit cards on five dimes and things of that nature. <laughs> I mean, that, that's a thing. I mean, the, the credit cards information, it's, I shouldn't even pick on five dimes because, you know, huge companies have had big credit card breaches. This is a thing that happens in this day and yeah. age. You know? they, are, they are notorious though. Yeah, they are kind of notorious. So like as much as I love using them because they have a ton of great two-way lines and stuff, that is it's not great to use your credit card yeah. anymore these days. So from the, say, in the in the time period from 2015 to 2018, every single credit card I ever used to deposit there uh, got compromised and was used to <laughs> make fraudulent purchases. The last of which was a $1,500 um, uh, wedding dress from David's bridal. <laughs> my, my credit card company was like, did you make this purchase from David's bridal? No. No, I didn't buy a wedding dress from David's bridal. Did you pick um, up this but, Vera Wang? Yeah, no. I, no. I, like, we're going off the rails right away, but I had yeah, one. Right. I think it might have been from an offshore. I had one where they paid a utility bill in Bahrain oh, wow. for like $1,800. <laughs> and then they nice. paid another. They they just kept making the, the payments smaller. They made like 20 utility payments for like $4,000. Like my bank was pretty quick about it. God bless them. They got the money back immediately. It's like, like I couldn't pick out that country on a map. Like they, they knew right away. This is, this is clearly fraud, but yeah, it's credit card fraud sucks. It's a big pain in the butt. So let's say I don't have any crypto. I'm Andy. I'm sitting here. It's 2016. I don't have a, I don't have a dime in crypto. Sure. How, how, how should I acquire some? And should, I mean, is Bitcoin the best choice? If yeah. I start. Hmm. Tough questions. Riff on that. Um, first time I ever got crypto, I think was about 2014. Um, I had a roommate after college who was, uh, had a computer science um, degree, 
and was heavy into, you know, worked for a major company doing, uh, you know, doing projects, architecture of software and things like that. He was an early adopter of cryptocurrency. Crypto Bitcoin's been around since about 2009. It was it came about uh, as a uh, response to the kind of the global bank meltdown and some of the weaknesses that people who had kind of, you know, accumulated wealth saw with the way that the banking system existed and they wanted a more kind of resilient store of wealth. That was the entire inception. That was the entire point of it. It was basically, we're going to make digital gold in a way that it is, you know, is easier to keep a record, keep a ledger, so to speak, of who owns what. It's easier to, um, you know, break it down into small pieces. It's more, you know, easily transferable. It's a higher utility than gold as far as, you know, purchasing power and making transactions. And so, you know, Bitcoin goes back to 2009. And I think, excuse me, five years in, my old roommate, I was sending him some info on NFL and, you know, some of the model results I had. And he sent, you know, he's a pretty heavy duty sports better. And he sent me a tip in Bitcoin. And I got a little email notification. Oh, you have a tip in Bitcoin here. Uh, It was a few Satoshi. Uh, It it was like, in order to claim this, you know, you need to start, you know, you need to, you know, claim, you need to have an e-wallet. And you can transfer this Bitcoin from you know this tipping service into your e-wallet, and then you can do whatever you whatever your heart uh, desires with it. And I was like, well, that's freaking cool. Like, I guess I better figure out how to get an e-wallet. Um, and so at the time, I figured, okay, well, I'll learn about this. I'll figure this out, and you know, go through the whole process. It was like twenty dollars worth of Bitcoin was sitting there waiting for me to be claimed. I claimed it. I get it, and I. I get this gnarly address and it's like, okay, yeah, transfer your, your, you know, 0.005 Bitcoin to your, uh, you know, your e-wallet address. And um, so I'm going through it all. And basically it's, it's as straightforward as, okay, you have a unique address that is your landing spot for, you know, your bank account, so to speak of, of Bitcoin, which is, you know, for lack of a better term is, you know, colloquially called a wallet. Uh, and you can put that address in and you can specify the amount to be transacted. And then, uh, you know, depending on how busy the network is, depending on how much of a fee you're willing to pay to get your transaction, uh, you know, finalized, you uh, move your Bitcoin from, you know, wallet A to wallet B. And it's that straightforward. And once you have it in wallet B, then now what do you want to do with it? You want to pay someone blank Bitcoin for some good or service, do that. And then you send it to them. Uh, you can move it into an offshore sports betting account and place sports wages with it. I did that. I think that same day I was like, Oh, cool. So what can I do with this? And I'm asking my buddy, he's like, Oh, you know, send it to nit- you know, start a nitrogen account and put it in there. And, you know, just do your, your, you know, betting with Bitcoin. And I was like, Oh, okay, cool. And so go through all that, get the, you know, figure out the ropes. And I'm like, Wow, this is freaking cool! Like, I moved it in, made a couple wagers, won a couple, won a couple Bitcoin—not full Bitcoin, but a couple fractions of a Bitcoin. Moved it out, and I was like, "Holy crap!" All of this in like six hours' time. You know, I'm I'm moving this virtual currency into a sports book, placing wagers, seeing the uh, results, moving it back out. Like, this is. Absolutely. I was sold within the first day of doing it. Like this is the future for this space. Hit no doubt. Like this is this is very, very straightforward. Um, how easy this is relative to, you know, putting a credit card number in and you know, hoping that the you know that you don't get snagged at you know a number of different places along the way, let alone, you know, credit card number. I mean a credit card, you know, transaction at the time had a ceiling, how much you were able to take, you know, put on. And similarly, uh, you know, the, how much of a transaction you were willing to take out um, impacted, you know, what, you know, the like, you know, it was just high, it just the risk scaled, right? Who wants, who wants to take, who wants to count on a five figure check coming from, uh, you know, some entity in, in Costa Rica? Like it's very, very dicey. Um, but with Bitcoin, you can take smaller increments over the course of the season. You could do, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just, it's so much more flexible and it's, uh, it just puts ton of the power in your hand as a user, uh, relative to the old way of doing it. Uh, or do you, you know, again, this is all entirely set aside from 
the way I think a lot of people play, which is just betting on credit or, you know, taking cash out to the desert, right? Um, so those are fun too. I, those are fun too. But this is, you know, this is more of kind of the recreational player uh, kind of conversation here because oh, I would exactly. guess that there's probably a lot of people who play on the offshore landscape who are putting cash onto their into their accounts and they're using some sort of debit or credit card, which to me at this point in my life, after having used Bitcoin now for, uh, you know, for the last four years plus is like, that's like insanity. It is insanity. I can't even believe how stupid I was with like back then doing it that way. Like, Oh my God. Uh, you really were asking for trouble and it was, uh, it was just it's, it's such an upgrade in, in terms of user experience. It's not, even not, not only the upgrade and the security as far as, you know, deposits, but also withdrawals. Oh. And I think, I think maybe, I mean, you remember early on more, maybe, that's, I mean, that's really I mean, more, and more, more, really. more so. And I think a lot of betters, I'm not even like making fun of people who are new or suck because that was me. Like I did, a, I did a lot more deposits and withdrawals. <laughs> oh yeah, I, was, absolutely. Know, there, there, I went, I went many, many months, maybe years without making withdrawals. At times, there, it's it's almost like when you are just a, a wreck. Let's call it wreck minus. Yeah, you know, not wreck, but just a full wreck or just a fish. I mean, you don't even think about it. It starts to just mutate from something you can make money at to just a, a monthly expense. Like, oh yeah, I got to save some money because I'm going to have to put some more money in the old Bovada account. So even if you were doing well, weekend. even if you were on a heater, even if you were doing well, you start to see that account swell and you, you up your limits, you know, you up your, you up your wager size, you, you make bets you wouldn't otherwise make. We talked all about this in turn in the learning to lose podcast. Like it's just that the, they're the disincentive of, the hassle of getting money out when you were doing it the old way led to just betting until the account balance was down to zero like that. It was an entire, the entire experience was structured uh, in order to, um, you know, to draw you down to zero. And and I'm I'm not, this isn't like groundbreaking, you know, info here. Like you, you know, that you agree that it's engineered that way. Right. It is. And it's funny too, because like somebody asked me about this the other day, like how, how easy is it for you to get money out? And I said, you know what? I don't take money out a lot. You know what I do when, when an account swells, I open another account. <laughs> like I find, <laughs> I find another, like I have, I have one of every offshore, I think now yeah. it's a, you know, it's one, one account was swollen. That's how I got my bookmaker account. <laughs> like, well, I'm going to take a bunch of money from here. This is the one that's been doing well this year. And now I have a bookmaker. Now I have a heritage. And I, because it is just, it's not, this is not how I make my living. Sure. A lot of it is just wreck, wreck stuff. And it, it's fun to do well. I've been doing well for a couple of years now. It's nice not to make deposits. That's, that's a ton of fun. But it, yeah, for me, it's just been when it, when an account swells because of some good basketball or Royal Rumble goes good. <laughs> I just like oh now I have a heritage account. Although when I did I did uh, have oh. one account come and find me one of my old accounts. I got a letter in the mail saying I had like fifty two dollars in a mm. book that I don't remember opening from. Mm. It was like from two thousand four. I love it. Now I have that account. I took some Bitcoin and added to the fifty bucks. Nice. Um, so your original question though that I guess I didn't really ask. You did not answer it at all, but it was a good one. Yeah. How do you get? How do you get Bitcoin if you don't have it? Okay. Well, I told you how I got it in the first place, which was somebody who gave it to me. Yeah, that's not uh, super and that's still, uh, useful. That's still, no, but it kind I, of I, is I, though because I know because the, seriously, like like that you have two options of how you get Bitcoin. One is you go to an entity and you buy it. You trade. You know, you exchange your uh, you know, your U.S. Fiat. dollars for it. At, you, you exchange your fiat for it at some entity. Uh, or you have a friend who has some, then you buy it from him. And you PayPal him and, or you Venmo him, uh, you know, your cash. And then now you have it. But in order to no get No fees it, that way. No fees that way. And in fact, that's, that would, you know, there's a lot of reasons to do it that way beyond just the fees. But uh, beside all of that, um, in order to get it, you need a wallet. You need to have some sort of landing spot where you know you will be uh, storing your Bitcoin 
short-term, long-term, you name it. And there's really two, there's two ways that I have done that in my life. I have a digital wallet and I have a hardware wallet. And a hardware wallet, it's more difficult to move coins on and off because you have an actual dongle USB that needs to be plugged into your laptop, computer, whatever, in order to make transactions with that wallet. The alternative, which is a digital wallet, is a little bit easier to get you know, to get onto from whatever computer you're primarily using, even a smartphone. Uh, and, you know, th- you kind of need both because, you know, a hardware wallet is going to be 10x more secure, um, whereas a, a digital wallet is 10x higher utility. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I think it does. So, I, you know, ex- exploring these ideas and these terms is not hard. Um, definitely check out uh, some of the bi- basics of Bitcoin, Internet of Money videos that um, A. Antonopoulos has on YouTube. Those are very, very instructive and helpful for understanding this stuff. Um, and yeah, start a, you know get a digital wallet. There's lots of places to do it. I would recommend one that has you know high re- you know high um, reviews from you know fr- from the standpoint of user experience and safety. Um, I like. I got one originally that did not have, you know, an app that I could use on my smartphone, which I regretted at some point. And I switched entirely to a digital wallet where I have, uh, I can get, I can get on via app and uh, make transactions with my phone. Um, Because really at the end of the day, your phone is probably your safest digital device. I mean, and at this point with the technology that exists in terms of getting onto your phone via, you know, either fingerprint or facial recognition, whatever, um, it's, that's your safest landing spot. Uh, and, uh, I don't think it's crazy to have, you know, some sort of, um, you know, e-wallet on your phone where you're keeping that, uh, keeping that Bitcoin, uh, secure. And as you accumulate winnings on your sportsbook page, you withdraw from the sportsbook to that, uh, digital wallet. Okay. The alternative to buying it from a friend and having him send it to that e-wallet is you buy it from some structural entity, right? And that's how I, that's anecdotally, that's how I got Bitcoin in the first place. But after I kind of went through my first experience of, oh, okay, like this is super useful. This is the future. I need to get more comfortable with this. I need to get more involved in this. You start to see the price go up. You start to think, oh my gosh, this is, you know, maybe some speculative uh, investment opportunity that I could really, you know, really get rich on. You know, I mean, you definitely get those thoughts as you see, you know, price fluctuations with Bitcoin. Um, but uh, I initially got involved via Coinbase, which at the time was kind of the most trusted and you know well known. It was um, the only place. You know, I mean, there was a lot of places, but it felt like it was the only place. It felt like it was the only place when I got started, for sure. Yeah. Uh, and I felt like it was a safe, comfortable place because like, basically banks would do business with them. So, so basically, wherever you had a bank account, Wells Fargo or US Bank or whoever, uh, you, know, you could link your bank account and buy Bitcoin directly from your checking account, which was pretty cool. I thought, like, okay, cool. Um, the problem was it took, it took a lot of time. It took a long time. And in fact, it took like a, they, they, I don't know if it still is this way. It has been a really long time since I bought Bitcoin through some structural entity. So for all I know, they've completely changed procedures. Um, but when I started, it was literally, okay, link your bank account. Okay, that took uh, an hour. No big deal. Okay, now you can buy as much Bitcoin as your current max. Well, what's my max? Oh, $50 worth. <laughs> okay, great. So buy fifty dollars worth of Bitcoin. Okay, your Bitcoin will be here in like five working days. It's like what? It's, it's How like the it's fuck. It's like Grubhub. Serious? I was like, what? So is it? I don't know. I don't know how Grubhub works. Is that it, how it Grubhub It doesn't works? take it doesn't take five days, but it's like oh, oh your your food will be here in a while. It <laughs> It'll is. be here eventually. Yeah. So no, it was literally like, okay, you can buy your max 50 bucks worth and it'll be here in like five days. I was like, oh Christ. So this is really going to be long and drawn out. Uh, and so then you get it. And in the meantime, prices fluctuated. Maybe it's gone up, maybe it's gone down, whatever. But you're like, oh, okay, cool. Finally got my $50 worth of Bitcoin. What am I going to do with that? Okay, well, let's buy some more. Okay, what's my max now? Okay, well, your limit's been up. Now you can buy $500 worth. Okay, cool. I'll buy $500 worth five days later. It was, you know, it was, okay, here it is. You got it. 
and you're always getting the price that's quoted at the time you do the transaction, not the time you receive it. So there was always some weird stuff going on where, you know, you would look in your account and you're like, I thought I bought $50 worth. Why is it saying I have $64 worth? <laughs> right. Or I, like I bought $500 worth. Why do I have $459 worth? Right. Uh, that sort of stuff. It's like definitely getting Canadian dollars. <laughs> <at the ATM. laughs> yes, exactly. Um, cause the, the time lag, you know, the price fluctuated and it was all, you bought a, a certain quantity of it for a, a certain exchange rate. Um, and that rate is always changing. So, uh, it took me, I think three different buying cycles where it was like, okay, you can buy 50, you can buy 500, you can buy 5,000 to where I had as much, uh, Bitcoin in my Coinbase account, uh, as I wanted to bet on the 2016 NFL season. I did all this in like July because I was going to go play some futures. It took a freaking month before I had it all. So <laughs> at the time, that time, it was almost, you know, on football season was upon us. Um, but, at, but at the same time, like it happened to work out where, you know, the price had gone up a bunch where I had even more to play with. Uh, in fact, I think I had a whole, I had enough uh, earned in just, price fluctuation growth and price growth, I guess that I was, I set some aside and I was like, okay, well, we'll just hold on to that and see what happens to the price of this, of this thing. And that's right? how you, that's that was, how you bought that, your boat. That was that paid for a vacation, but not a boat, unfortunately. Um, either way, the, um, the accumulated coin I have now, I'm like, okay, well, I'm ready to send this to a sports book. And you do a little reading around, you do asking around your friends and they're like, okay, you know what? You want to send it to your e-wallet first as an intermediary. And this is kind of an important this, point. This is huge. Yeah, I was gonna, this is going to be question number two. Coin, you're, yeah, you're moving right into it. This is, right. Listen Coinbase, to this part. There's a trade-off for Coinbase. And it is, be, yes, it is trusted. Yes, it is of an entity that you, know, you can count on to not fuck you with respect to getting your coin in the first place. Once you've got it, they do a very, very good job of protecting their reputation by playing by the rules. And that can be a bad thing for you in the sense of uh, they, if they are flagging you for black market activity, you know, a, a whole handful of, uh, of negative um, you know, reported uh, activities, they can, they can, you know, they can uh, you know, get you in hot water basically. And yeah. they track coins that go to and from down a handful of Caribbean shops where, you know, known, you know, there's, there's known uh, people who are laundering money and things like that. And, you know, so you don't want to send something from Coinbase directly to, um, you know, directly to a sports book or take it out from the sports book and send it directly to a Coinbase base account. Um, because it's really, that's not your account. You don't have the private keys for that Coinbase account. Uh, you need a digital wall where you do have the private keys for it is basically what it comes down to. And you want to kind of use that as your hub for wherever you're sending it. Friends, family, uh, you know, you're going to escape Venezuela, uh, you know, put all, put all your stuff in. <laughs> Nazi scientist. <laughs> like, what, no, this is a, the, 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 uh, the only other utility that I've known uh, that I've heard of for, uh, for Bitcoin besides, uh, trend, you know, large transactions related to sports wagering is people who are trying to escape, uh, governments that want to capture their, you know, oh, capture their wealth from Venezuela, escape from Venezuela with your, oh, yeah. with your you money. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I would, I would yeah. get out of there too. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, but that's all, that's all kind of aside the point. The major point though, is just, you know, if you're using a site like Coinbase or, really probably any of the major known um, entities that will sell you uh, sell you Bitcoin, you, you know, linking to your bank account, um, you are still somewhat close to the you know, traditional banking system and you are still somewhat subject to the law of the land, which is uh, not necessarily favorable for Bitcoin, but not, you know, not so unfavorable that it's scary or makes it dangerous in my opinion. Um, so all that said, as long as you have an e-wallet that is yours, you have the keys, you know. And I guess, does that make sense to you? Do you know, do you have an e-wallet, Andy? Yeah. Do you know what your keys are? I, did, I don't have memorized. No, but do you, you went through that process? Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm Can, not do you telling remember you. I'm how, not going to tell you. No, no, but do you remember how it went, like the process? It was a while ago. But yeah, I mean, it was. It's a good it's, refresher just to think about it. I'm trying to think now. 
You have your your key phrase, and you have your. Did you write down your twelve words on a piece of paper? Yeah, I have it somewhere in my desk, or or do I? Maybe it's buried in my yard. Yeah, my security isn't great. <laughs> the thing is, I don't like. I don't even care if my security is not great because, again, I'm not. I'm not buying Bitcoin, holding it long term. I don't have a ton in there at any given time. Mostly using it for transfers, mm. and you know, I'm gonna try out one of these uh, when I get to Vegas. The cool ATMs, I think. But uh, nice. yeah, I I don't remember, man. That was a long time ago. It was one of those things where it's just like. I'm trying to get this done as fast as I can so I can start moving money around with this. Yeah, I definitely have my key phrase written down by hand somewhere. I don't think I – I remember not wanting to just I, – I, my initial response was like, oh, I'm going to copy and paste this into like a notebook or Word document. Like, man, that, mm. doesn't, seem, that doesn't seem like the best idea. Mm. So I did no, not do that. I remember, I remember like – I remember feeling smart. I'm like, God, am I a hacker now? <laughs> so I did, I did write it down, which sucked because it's a bunch of words. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I have it. I have it somewhere. I could not tell yeah. you where I could probably couldn't find it. This is, this is a lot like that gun lock where I, I know I have those <laughs> keys somewhere. I can't just buy a $20 pick lock pick set off Amazon for this though. Well, this is the, be- I mean, the, the beauty of the, um, you know, this is the, the beauty of crypto, you know, crypto technology is that your wallet is a unique wallet. You know, it's all, it's your address. It's your uh, landing spot. And it's, it's basically decoded with a 12 or 24 word, uh, you know, sequence. And you're right. Like when you start a, when, when you, um, when you get a new wallet, you want, there are two things that are pretty important. The first is, uh, you write down your 12 words. Those are your keys or your 24 words in the case of some of the, uh, the more secure ones, I guess. And then you turn on two factor authentication. And that is, you know, that is a, a added step that might, you know, might at first make you want to, you know, shoot somebody because it feels like a pain in the ass. But, um, you know, I don't think it's worth, I don't think it's worth, uh, I don't think it's worth messing around with that sort of stuff. Turn on the two-factor authentication. Uh, you lo- you know, you you go, uh, you type in your account address, you type in your password, you get the email, you click through, you get the text, you type in your phrase, you go to your Google authentication, you type in your six no- six-digit number, right? Like that, it it is a step worth um, following because it's going to prevent someone from stealing your Bitcoin, which is you know, it's just it's it's it's. It's uh, in the same way that you have kind of control of your money this way, you also are responsible for your security to a degree, right? Like nobody's really looking out for it for you. You like it's your, it's in your control, right? And it's a two way street. So definitely uh, go through those, you know, those measures. But um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, but then once you have it, you know, you now have a landing page for, you know, a landing spot for uh, any cryptocurrency you accumulate. You know, you do so do a job. You 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 write some code for someone. You you know, you write uh, uh, some sports betting code for someone. You get paid in uh, Bitcoin. Like, yeah, that 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 uh, that happens. You write uh, you you do a little uh, consulting for someone. You get paid in Bitcoin. That happens. Uh, you uh, you win a future on uh, on a college basketball team, uh, and you want to take that money out. Uh, you know, that, that is a, a, a much more um, viable way to get those funds out in a timely yeah. manner, because I guess, what, do you remember the first time you withdrew money from uh, a sportsbook X? Are, are you talking like back in the day, the, the check no, 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 took no, just, two months no, or are you talking no, Bitcoin? No, with Bitcoin. Yeah, yeah no, it was, it was, let's, let's it was faster. Way. Let's put aside nitrogen because nitrogen is a unique That's a whole instance different thing. That'll be where it is two. so fast. It is so yeah. fast. And so, yeah, but we'll, and we'll get to that at the end. Um, but yeah, you want uh, you want to put money into a sports book now. Let's t- I guess let's talk about putting money in. Okay. Yeah, it was always so like, yeah, back in the day, using a debit or credit card, it was fast. But obviously that, you know, it had to be because they want you to bet right away. And then it was super slow on the way out. Like I said, the six to eight weeks anecdote, even now with some of the good books, it's, it's still, I mean, what's best case scenario a week, 
I can't even imagine, man. I think I think some of them are pretty decent, where you can get you know maybe week to ten days. But I mean, I was remember when I was pissing and moaning about waiting like a day and a half for a Bitcoin withdrawal. Yeah, because because I didn't, and it was my fault. Like this is me just being a freaking first world problem whiner. Like I didn't have some of my information updated with a book because I I guess and it was crazy. Like I'd taken a withdrawal from them six months before that, and they were fine with it. But apparently, I had to go through some extra steps for this one. I don't know if they were just being a pain, but yeah, it's it's quite a bit faster. It's never going to be a week. I mean, what what's what would you say your average on on uh, nitro withdrawals? It's like two hours. Yeah, it's it's fast. Like this is you know, uh, you got a book that won some futures. It's it's right after the NBA finals. You you hit some futures. You want to take that and spread it out, or take some of it back. I mean, you're getting that money into your wallet in you know, yeah, an afternoon rather than yeah. the course of a you know part of a month. Yeah, the only times you get squeezed is when there's like super price volatility. And I get that question a lot when it comes to Bitcoin because it is does does matter, right? Like when you take it out, you do want to time it in a way where you're not getting especially squeezed either way on price, right? Like this last market cycle has been extremely volatile, <laughs> volatility index through the roof in the last week here. Uh, and not a great time to be taking Bitcoin out or putting Bitcoin in. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's just you're, you're the likelihood that, you know, someone is going to delay the transaction at some point and you're going to get stuck with an exchange rate that sucks relative to the market is pretty good, <laughs> right? Because you're just somebody, you're just a guy moving Bitcoin uh, and they're trying to, you know, leverage, you know, cover losses, things like that, right? So I guess <clears throat> let's, pre- let's presume that you've picked a nice quiescent time Nothing really major going Ooh, on market-wise. And uh, yeah, you've bought your Bitcoin. You accumulated it in your wallet. It's on your phone or on your computer. Uh, and it's in it's in the digital space. And you're ready to move that uh, you know several K into a sportsbook account so you can start placing some wagers. You get an address. You put in how much you're sending. Do you have your address you, memorized? No. Hell I fucking do. no. You what? No, you I'm, don't. I'm, I'm, I'm going to memorize it now, just to. Just uh, you, as can a party measure, trick. You, you can memorize. I can do the alphabet okay, backwards. The, the 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 passphrase is something that can be memorized, which That's is true. which is fair. But the but address itself is not. Um, and but if you memorize you, it, you can be broken under torture. Don't do that. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a very very good point. Um, the point i was going to make before i thought started thinking about getting tortured for my passphrase was the um you get your you get your address for where you are sending it from your sports book you tell them how much you're sending and then you go to your e-wallet and you say okay send this much to this address if you are a first timer doing this i would entirely recommend send them fifty dollars do you know get the feel for how long it takes for how the process works for relatively small stakes. Don't, you know, don't put yourself through the stress of how does this work? How is this going to happen? Uh, this is the first time you do a reason, you know, a, a reasonably sized Bitcoin transaction um, with little experience. I can attest to this personally. It is, it feels like I'm going to get screwed. This is going to disappear. I'm totally, you know, like I'm vulnerable, right? Like you have that feeling. Yeah. I, it was scary at first. And I think, and the younger you are, the easier it'll come to you because, I mean, some of the people that are in their 20s probably have never written a check, never, you know, ne- don't deal in cash. You know, when you know when you lost a bet to your buddy or you owed him money for gas or something back in the day, you know, back in the day, we're so old in our 30s. But, you know, every, a lot of it was just cash when you're young where, like, you know, if we had Venmo in high school, we would have used Venmo. We didn't. So I mean, the younger you are, the the more comfortable I think. Just everything being numbers on a screen is for people, whereas like old people are super scared of that sort of thing. There's old farmers that still deal in cash. Where I think just being comfortable with the fact that it is pretty safe is going to go a long way. But like you said, maybe don't dive face in and 
do some huge transaction, be nervous about it. Yeah. No, I was a couple times, and I had a couple transactions that did get delayed. Um, one got delayed over a day because of some high volatility, and you know that was always a joke too, where I had, you know, I had just the best luck when <laughs> I couldn't. I had like three transactions in a row. I I wanted to put some money in via Bitcoin, and it just wouldn't let me. It's, it would sit on it, and the price just kept increasing. I'm like, fine, fine. Like I caught it. it. It was never anything, you know, magnet. I didn't sit there and make thousands of dollars, but it was always something funny where it's like, man, you had a free bet out of it. Basically. Yeah. Bitcoin went up like 6% while I was waiting. Like this is, this is dumb. Why wouldn't they just take the money now? Yeah. Yeah. That would have could happen to you today. <laughs> um, okay. So yeah, I mean, start small transaction wise. Don't put yourself through the stress of, you know, trying to make large, imaginary money moving in the, in, in through the, through the imaginary pipes, uh, in, you know, before you kind of get the feel for it, but it is as straightforward as deposit address amount, you know, and then through your wallet, you have control, you send it right. Uh, same exact way as if you were going to Venmo someone 50 bucks because yeah, you lost a bet to them or something. Yeah. Same, same exact uh, concept. Um, other than otherwise you know, you need to be cognizant of what the exchange rate is when you make the transaction, um, because you know you are effectively when you're moving Bitcoin um, from your e-wallet into a sports book, you're selling it for fiat. Yeah, yeah you exactly. Met, you know, it's it's credit, it's fiat it, that sits in some book. You can't go take that cash out. You're going to have to eventually take it out for Bitcoin, which means if you win a bunch of you know, of dollars at this sports book, and then you withdraw your Bitcoin, you want to withdraw it at a time where you're getting a reasonably favorable exchange, right? You, you, Cause again, you know, like, um, again, the first NFL season that I did this, uh, I had a, one of my most successful seasons of to date from an ROI standpoint. And, um, when I took out the Bitcoin, I had fewer Bitcoin than when I went in because the price went up so much in the interim. <laughs> it's not 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 uh not crazy um because that, that is, was just that is it, the, it was such a bull run that year but you yeah. see people you know you do that you own bitcoin you take it into a sports book you make a bunch of money and you actually would have made more money like in your case just just <laughs> just, just letting just, it sit there just letting it sit there instead you busted <laughs> your have been ass as fun. for a whole yeah it was more fun betting football obviously but that that is just funny and that's where we're you know, I don't know. Like you, you get a little more into it, and we've listened to some people. It's interesting to hear some of the people talk about it who know what they're doing. But man, I, I can't. I'm not. I'm not speculating this market. I have. Oh, no. I have a general idea what it's doing, and you know, I, I try to keep up on the news, just like anything else, to be in the know. But man, I couldn't tell you what Bitcoin's going to do in six months. So that's why I don't keep much in the wallets it just goes back into it like i said oh i'm opening a heritage book yep yep so um let's talk about then the alternative which is betting in bitcoin itself and that can be facilitated there are a number of ways you can bet directly using bitcoin um it is at first a little bit difficult to kind of wrap your head around okay i'm gonna bet 0.123 Bitcoin on what is that effectively in US dollars? How my you know my unit size is varying uh, relative to the exchange rate, or am I just going to focus on you know accumulating Bitcoin this season? Right, like it takes some getting used to that. It's full not, yeah, full timeout, full Zach yeah. Morris timeout, like that. Sure, double, triple, quadruple check decimal points. Oh my God, yes, because absolutely, that's that's how it. I mean, how many times just in the people that we talk to on the daily does this sort of shit happen where, man, I'm, I bet to, I meant to bet, you know, 40 bucks. I bet 4,000 or something. Well, for the common, the common is 5,500 kind of yep. the way the Bitcoin is, is currently priced. Like, yeah, four fifth or, um, or 500, 5,000. Yeah. For yep. 400, it, it's usually, you're usually off by one decimal when you make that sort of mistake. And it's almost always, you're betting 10 times more than you intended. It's never the other way around because you typically, you wanted your, yeah. Yeah. You wanted I did, your zero I did it the other in front way. of the, yeah. You wanted to bet 0.08. 
Bitcoin and you bet 0.8. Like that's the kind of thing that's that that's very stressful. And when you fuck it up, yeah, I did it the other way when and it was a move where I had taken some out of an, a book and it was going into part of it was going into another book, and basically I I didn't realize what I was reading was what is it M what is it micro. Bitcoin, MBTC. yeah, small MBTC, yeah. yeah we're, what's that? Three decimal points difference? Yeah, it's a it's a thousand, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, a so, thousand MBTC is one BTC. Yeah, so I was trying to move a thousand dollars into a book and whatever I put like ten cents or however it was, something like like in, in ten cents or ten bucks or whatever. Yeah. Either way, the like the money went in. When well, I freaked out because You're like oh like, shit, the, it's gone. it like, disappeared. The, yeah, the yeah. account, the account, like it's like oh, it's. Like you're, it went through, and then I looked, and like, well, the account didn't really go up. <laughs> did that much because, like, in my mind, even and I mean, this is recently. Even in my mind, I'm like, oh, that money just disappeared into the ether. It's gone yeah. forever. Who knows? It's it's somewhere in the in the in the interwebs. Like I don't know where it went. And then I figured out what I did, and I felt a lot better. But yeah, I, I you can goof up the decimal <laughs> points pretty quickly and feel feel pretty foolish, especially if you don't catch it. Because if you make ten bets for a hundred dollars each, and one you screw up and it's a thousand, you're going nine and one. Mm, yeah, <laughs> that's that's yeah. life. Uh, yeah, that happened to me a couple. That that happened to me uh, last season, and I don't. I rem- I remember it was a week that the Cardinals played the Raiders. I think I got in on the Cardinals at uh, minus one, and they closed like minus three and a half. And uh, one of my biggest CLV wins of the whole season, and uh, they ended up losing outright. This was uh, this was the uh, Steve Wilkes Cardinals, not the uh, Cliff Kingsbury Cardinals. Didn't you do this with Cardinals Lions Week One? Uh, Cardinals Lions. Well, that that was more just because I made the bet uh, in like April, and the price went up so much by the time that the season started that the bet was worth a hell of a lot more than I intended, ever intended to bet on a Week One NFL game. Um, but yeah. That was we rec- uh, yeah we recorded a podcast while that tie happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was wild. Um, another another two and a half points of CLV or something on that Lions pick them, and uh, all for a wash. Um, but yeah, you know you have to be cognizant of what the you know what the you know if if you're thinking in terms of dollars when you're staking, then yeah, you have to be cognizant of the exchange exchange rate. You have to be careful of decimal places. All of that is true, but it'd be better to place like nitrogen. Uh, you are presumably you. You mean you're effectively you can bet into um, very low vig markets for the NFL, especially. Uh, you're basically getting pinnacle prices almost identically, um, and uh, and you're doing it from the sanctity of your couch in California, <laughs> which is kind of cool. It's not as good as it used to be in the futures market. They have kind of yeah, that's been realized totally, totally realized what was going washed on. Washed out, yeah, yeah. That's true. Can you explain that a little bit? Well, I mean, if you t- like you said to the bull run, I mean, the exact opposite can happen as far as what you did with putting your money into the crypto account, turning it into fiat, you know, US dollars, playing on it and then cashing out and actually being behind as far as you know what your what your value was from one transaction to the other because Bitcoin the price had changed by so much. It can go the other way, where you can make a futures bet. Um, I believe you did this on the Warriors <laughs> one of the years, where yeah. you you caught it at you know just at the right time. Where I don't let's just say you put you know a tenth of a Bitcoin on the on the Warriors to win it at whatever odds you had. Well, you're betting. You're not. It's not the same. It's not you taking a thousand dollars via Bitcoin, turning it into a thousand dollars in US dollars and then betting it as American dollars. This is, you know, everything is done as Bitcoin. So it fluctuates with the price. You know, it, let's just for sake of ease, let's just say you bet a full Bitcoin. And if a Bitcoin is worth $5,000, you were wagering $5,000 on the Warriors to win the championship. I think I got odds. about plus 105. Yeah. Let's just this say this was the first year of Kevin Durant. Even was, money. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just say it's even money. Yeah, so, yeah, you're plus betting, sure. so you're you're betting five thousand to win five thousand. Well, in if you you know you're doing that at a normal book, doesn't matter what's happening in the outside forces, that bet is static. In this case, with one of the years you did it, it just kept going up. So you're you know, your your stake 
was essentially the same because you made it at that point in time. <laughs> but the fact that you'd placed it, the bet was locked, and the price just kept ticking up. And essentially, you were just getting better odds every time the price of Bitcoin went up. Was, I mean, that's how I look at it. I mean, there's a lot of ways to kind of look at that problem. It's it's a goofy problem to have, but it's, it's what's going to happen when you do place longer-term bets at a Bitcoin book like that. And I think there's some advantages to that for somebody who you know, maybe sees a little more into the markets and has a read on this sort of thing and can turn a bet into a much better bet that way. Yeah. Rather, right. rather, like, rather than just sitting on it and watching it get bigger. Right. Like if you let me park my NFL winnings in a future for on Rafa Nadal to win the French open, you know, every year from like, for like the last, you know, four or five years, like, yeah, like it's a that's a high likelihood event occurring. You, you can really, you know, you can, you know, you can use the fact that it's just going to be sitting there anyway to accumulate a little extra winnings, which is fun. Um, but they've turned all of that fun off. Uh, basically, all all of the betting in Bitcoin futures wise is uh, the limits are so low; it's not really worth our time. And um, yeah, they just want to they want to turn over um, quick quick. Uh, uh, quick turnover events, not long, not long ones. Um, but that's fine. It's still, it's still great. I still, I, I, I had close to eighty percent of my NFL action at Nitrogen last season. The limits were just, you know, the limits were fine for me, and the, um, uh, and the price was as competitive as any price you can find anywhere in the market at any time. It was just fantastic. They have good prices. Um, yeah, they were a little late getting up. Like I couldn't do, I can, effectively I couldn't participate a ton in the Sunday night kind of feeding frenzy. Um, but uh, you know, I could get pretty good limits down on uh, Tuesdays uh, before they, you know, they really went up at Pinnacle, and then the market really gets hammered into form uh, thereafter. So I was, I it was a good kind of place to do rec plus betting in the NFL. I thought it was fun. Yeah, fully recommend them. <clears throat> anyway, that's betting directly with Bitcoin, which is worthy. And um, let's talk about cashing out then. Yeah. Um, as you mentioned, as we talked about, you know, with it's a place like Nitrogen, you can get it back in, in your same thing in reverse. Yeah, you yeah. put your 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 destination for your withdrawal as your wallet address. Um, you withdraw which, your again, bit, an yeah. intermediate wallet not directly yes. into an not exchange yes where, not i mean thing, do you yeah. want to touch on why i mean the fact that just you know if you're using an offshore you just why, don't want oh i i don't really know the legalities of this really no i don't either but i mean just to explain like there's like coinbase has had issues they don't yeah, like coinbase that. will flag yeah coinbase will flag transactions that come from certain um, entities and that includes the offshore betting uh, markets as far as I can tell you um, I see again I've never experienced this firsthand this is all anecdotal so I'm a little speculative yeah, yeah, we, we, we learned the lessons from be, the people telling us yeah not other to people do this like hey yeah don't do this so just I guess listen to us don't do this <laughs> but uh, yeah have a new wallet that's that's independent that's your own and send it there first and then from there you can take it to wherever you want to, to sell it and to be honest with you if you take it to Coinbase and you sell it nowadays you have to you know pay pay taxes on all that stuff like you're gonna you're, you're gonna have to uh you know pay um <clears throat> you know pay for realized capital gains um and it's not to say you should dodge taxes on anything i don't think you should you know, by all means follow the rules of law um but you know there's if you, you know I, I think it's reasonable to sell bitcoin at local bitcoins it's reasonable to you know basically to make over-the-counter deals because people want this stuff because it's a means of you know there are people in the space that that want want it and uh you know you can facilitate over-the-counter transactions i think um pretty readily as as you get further and further into this space but um yeah it uh it's i don't know Did, have you ever sold bitcoin at coinbase or Kraken, or we shouldn't be just giving Coinbase all this freaking free run. Yeah, I know. Uh, Circle, Kraken, who else sells? The Gemini. Uh, uh, there's a number of other entities. Um, anyway, yeah, have you ever sold? Yeah, there? it's been it's been a while. 
like I said, I mostly just keep my money in the account. Yeah, it's I, been a while for might me too. Be, might be dumber like, since they changed the tax law rules I guess just I just, because I didn't want to deal with that headache. Exactly. I've become almost a little too comfy with just leaving amounts in like all these offshores, just especially in conversation for a different day. But I'm a full believer in someday of the offshores getting some sort of crackdown with the uh, after the legalization. Just I'm, yeah. I'm a I'm not a conspiracy theory guy, but I'm a common sense guy, and like the the biggest competition is probably you know the offshores and the actual bookies. Why wouldn't you know? Why wouldn't DraftKings and FanDuel get some lobbyists together and try to try to shut down that sort of stuff, which is already kind of on murky ground. Like it's not a thousand percent legal to just be betting into these offshores that we use every single day. So like maybe maybe a wallet is a better place to save some of this money. If you have some bigger accounts, if you have some, absolutely if you have draw some, down, please yeah. draw down. If you have Seriously. some bigger amounts in some of these, maybe, maybe uh, draw down and put it somewhere. Stuff yeah. it in your mattress. Yeah. A um, couple other thoughts uh, that are tangentially related, I guess. And maybe if you have any other specific questions or if you want to just kind of devolve into just a, a free flowing conversation around this instead of, being more instructional then we can do that but um i personally think bitcoin is going to be the um you know it's going to be the digital currency um you know end win end game winner here there's not going to be some other product that comes along that does it better you know like i don't i personally if i was dogecoin (laughs) dogecoin dogecoin is is not uh not worthy basically all of the altcoins surrounding um, surrounding Bitcoin, there may be a handfuls that grow faster over short periods of time, but they're all flashes of pan, in my opinion. And I think really entirely what we're talking about here is Bitcoin as a means of kind of accumulating digital wealth in a way that you are, you know, it has fewer attack services, fewer, like, you know, it's more difficult for the government to seize it, more difficult for, um, you know, people who don't have your keys to, you know, get it from you. You know, like there's, there are a lot of, um, you know, positives beyond just the, you know, how good of a utility this is. And you should, you know, at least, you know, even if, even if you hear all the whole, this whole podcast and you take nothing else away from this, like this is going to be a thing for a long time. Like you might as well just screw around for 50 bucks here or there and kind of get, get your feet wet, get a feel for it. Like there's really nothing, you know, that, that experience is valuable in this and, you know, having an e-wallet and being able to, you know, accept it and, or distribute it to sell it to someone or, you know, that, that sort of stuff. Like, I don't know, it's almost as important these days as a PayPal account or as a, cause you know, hey, if you're getting a bunch of money in a PayPal account, guess what? They could seize all that. You don't have the private keys to your been PayPal there, yeah. account. There's, we know people who we have been through people. that directly. They've been through that. Like if they, if they smell, you know, you, oh, you, oh, you have uh, a big old pool going here. This is illegal gaming. Like, oh, we're, we're going to seize all of that. Like, yeah, good luck getting that figured out. Like, you're going to have to pay lawyers. You're going to go through hell getting that. But if, it, if it's all done in Bitcoin, then, uh, you know, you are generally a little bit more resilient to some entity deciding that that you that the money you thought was your money is actually their money. So that goes for all currency, really. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, the government can straight up take your money. Been there. <laughs> yeah, don't, they can't. Pay your taxes, kids. Pay your taxes. It's almost tax season. Um, okay. Uh, any other thoughts or questions you have, or any th- any topics? Not, you think not really. I guess just one? kind of a quick uh, recap. Like it's just it's secure. It's easy. Just make sure you go about it the right way. Use an intermediate if you're using it with offshores. And I wish it was less. I wish it was a little less volatile. Like I'd price, be more, yeah, I'd be more apt to leave more money in there. Cause you know, it's not volatile, even though I just warned people against this, like the, it's never going to change if it's just sitting in the, in the sports book account. Yeah. You know, the, um, I get, I agree with you and I think long-term we'll get there. Um, it suffers now from a couple of factors. Number one, um, there are kind of a handful of market making entities that really manipulate the price pretty, you know, yep. pretty severely just because they can. And because volatility 
equals, you know, money making opportunities, whether it be shorting or, you know, or, or long contracts on this sort of stuff. So it's, you know, it's in every, it's in the interest of people who are market makers to, you know, induce volatility. Um, and two, you know, beside, aside from trading and aside from gambling and aside from, you know, storing wealth to escape, you know, uh, predatory, or, you know, or, or un- insta- in, insoluble or unstable governments. There's just not a lot of use cases for it yet. And, you know, I don't know if there ever really will be, um, you know, kind of commerce sort of use cases where this is commonly, I mean, they're working hard on that, I know, and I'm not slighting the people who are doing that work because it's a noble effort to try to build, you know, a layer on Bitcoin where people can use it to buy coffee and stuff like that. I just don't know if it will get there. Um, but uh, yeah, if there were more use cases for it, I think you would start to see some more price stability. And uh, and if there were more kind of bigger, if there was more diffuse um, kind of market maker activity, I feel like there would be less volatility, but that's probably a good four or five years off. That's fair. Either that way, part, that part made bias glaze over a little, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's the nature of the beast. And like I said, if you are, if it's something you're interested in learning more about, there's a whole section, just like there's gambling Twitter. There's a whole section of it. Oh yeah. Twitter. A lot of fraud out there. By uh, the way, yeah. You well, are. <laughs> well, yeah. It's just, just like gambling Twitter. It is no one's giving thing. you free coins for anything. Do not sign yeah, up for any free coins, please. Don't do that. All of that shit is fraud. I mean, it's just like money, like the people that are like, hey, retweet this and follow me, and I'm given $5,500 away from this. And they post the PayPal picture where they have like $126 billion in their, <laughs> in their PayPal, which is just the best when there's like five commas. Like, that's not how this works. <laughs> oh. <laughs> My favorite. Uh, so. Yeah. Anyway, good one. This is a good one, and uh, you know, if yeah. you look, if you listen to this at a later time, this won't make sense. But later this week, <laughs> we're going to talk baseball, which is exciting. Something we don't touch on enough. I've been consuming some baseball content this year, a little bit this week, trying to get up to speed. Because boy, I don't pay attention like I used to. But I'm excited. Mm. I like I like watching baseball. It's my favorite sporting event to attend in person. I'm gonna try to make it some more twins games this year. Maybe even a an out of state game. I love doing that. So we'll be doing that later this week. Hopefully you enjoyed this one though. Yeah. And if you have more questions, if we missed something, hit us up, obviously. Yeah, again and again, you know, this is not financial investment advice by any stretch of the imagination. This was just a kind some of, of a, us. this was well, not really. I mean, yes teasing. and no. Was, this was more of a, uh, you know, this was more of a pointing out the utility of Bitcoin as it applies to sports betting, which is a very real, um, positive, uh, you know, positive development for us as players, in my opinion. Um, and you know, as we as we post this podcast, by all means, reach out with questions, and um, you know, we'll. I'll also post a. Uh, uh, an older article that I wrote a couple of years ago about my firsthand experience using Bitcoin uh, and kind of the steps I went through. Oh and, yeah, yeah. Granted, it's not going to be all that useful or helpful because this is you know an experience of what it was like you know before like the super boom that happened. And for all I know, it's all changed. It's just been a while since I've bought in. <laughs> you know, I, I I haven't bought in a really long time, so it's yeah. You know, I, I don't know 100 percent how it works these days um most of the transactions i do nowadays are peer-to-peer and i think uh if you can get to that stage then you know then you really figured it out you never send me any bitcoin (laughs) (laughs) you're winning it all man you're winning it all in college basketball i see your plays it's it's sad it's sad it's winding down like I look at the slates and there's no games left and half of the ones that are it's neutral site, like going forward so much tournaments are fun, but the, the lines are tough. I don't bet much mm. in the tournaments. I'm excited. Mm. I'm excited for all the tournaments. So very excited. Though. Plus, yeah, I'm going to bet a shitload out. Right. Those are small <laughs> bets. All small nice. bets. Nice. So, nice. A lot nice. of fun. All right. Good one. All right. Let's great. Put this great work by you. And episode uh, yeah. 280. I don't know what number we're on. Yeah, we're 243, 44, 240 something.
240 something. All right, man. Have a great week. And uh, let's talk baseball. Let's talk some baseball betting. We're talking baseball. I'm excited. All right. See you then.